You are listening to episode 456, 456, yay, of the 360 Vegas podcast. <laughs> Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas, including 25 episodes of Vintage Vegas, 40 anti-ups, and 77 Vegas cocktail videos and lots, lots more, all for the low, low price of $7 per month. That's a subscription to Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash 360vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a -a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pools, the casino, big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. That only took three takes to get to that intro. I <laughs> Sometimes Sorry, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I want to hear them, you know, uh, before you edit them. I'm like, you are hearing them before I edit them. No, I mean, all I'm doing is yeah. is cleaning up gaps. And uh, at this point, you cleaning up gaps and throwing the the bumpers on them and, and the under track and the commercials. Yeah, but, but well, this time Patreon, Tony, but. Tony got distracted by the whole episode 456, 456, yeah. Yeah. And, and it yeah, stumbled him a couple times. He, it's like he was getting too excited yeah. to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That Tripping is a lot, though. So, I mean, some, somebody mentioned it on, on Twitter the other day, oh. and I forget which oh. episode it was, and I apologize. I, I This just popped into my head, so I don't remember who said it. But, you know, they were referencing when we did episode 360, and it was such a big deal. Right. And I think it was episode like 454 or something that he's like, you know, this, this, it's all great. Or whatever. It, it's, we're almost a hundred episodes after episode 360, which is crazy. Yeah. It doesn't thanks. seem like it was that long ago. No, it doesn't. And thanks. So thank you everybody for listening because if, <laughs> I mean, granted we do this cause it's fun, but yeah. When, when we hear that people still enjoy listening to it, we're like, okay, good. We like doing it. They like hearing it. So let's just Well, if it's fun. Patreon, you literally get, I think it's, I think we're getting close to 200 pieces of content that you can, you can only get Exclusive, there. Yeah. yeah on top of Yeah. It. They're getting, they're getting a lot more than just the, the podcast ahead of time or the vintage. Uh, we got stuff that only goes to them. We don't even put out like premium or previews of them. Right. So, yeah. Too well, and I was <clears throat> sharing with, uh, with Mark earlier this week that, it's always fun. Oh, it was uh, Stefan Vandekook, and he goes by at Stefan Vandekook on. Oh well, know, thank you for finding it. I appreciate yep, it. I <laughs> like uh, reading no, my I, mind, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> I, no, I knew, I knew what you're. I knew where you were going with that. That's why I immediately started uh, frantically scrolling through Twitter. <laughs> no, no. One of the things that I shared with with um, with Mark this week is the number of people. And and I mean this in the flattering way. I hope it comes across as the number of people that listen to the podcast, the Patreon supporters who listen to the podcast the day it posts. And usually that's Saturday because we record these little man behind the curtain. But I've talked about this before. We record on Friday evening. It posts on Saturday. And by Saturday evening, I'm getting 
either texts from say like Zach or, or right. Phil yeah. or I'm getting DMs in, in, in my Twitter account about, you know, people that are commenting on things that we've talked about. Like, and, and it, it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Again, I mean this appreciatively. Yeah. The people really get excited about listening to it when it comes out as part of the Patreon uh, early push. But I think it's so much fun, though, too, because the folks that are Patreon members and they're tweeting about it, they're just putting mm, tweets they're out there. They're advertising for us. I know. It's, it's such, I think it, I hope it creates a little bit of FOMO, but, um, but yes, I did. I did take a little bit of fun ribbing from, um, from Zach. He was like, Ooh, Walmart Wolverine. Yeah. Dude, that was a low blow. <laughs> Thank you, so, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, he had your back. He Good. had your back. I appreciate that. All right, listen, I think we should probably start the show because we have got quite a bunch of fun uh, listener feedback and I don't want to uh, short shrift it. So let's start the show. He's Mark. She's Karen. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. By 1980, the state's five dominant gaming entities were publicly traded companies. They were Harrah's, MGM, Del Webb, Caesars World, and Hilton. We got that from the book Neon Metropolis. Back in the 80s, they basically had this this the same monopoly they got now. You just have to change the names out. Well, That's for sure. I mean, most of it is, has gone down to just Caesars and MGM. Well, no, no, no. At, at the same time, because you've got Venetian that's got two properties. Wynn has two properties. Nobody else has got anything uh, more than that. So, you, I mean, even though they've only got two, yeah. they're still formidable. Well, yeah, and especially with... In the higher <laughs> I end, I know we'll, we'll talk about some of what's going on this week, but um, <laughs> uh, uh, the, two, the two that you just mentioned are getting some... Uh, some extra business this weekend due yeah. to just oh, some I don't, challenges I don't going on. Yeah, we'll talk about it when we get to yes, it. Yes, we will. <laughs> All right, next up is the twit pick of the week. The concept was unique and interesting to begin with. City center, a city within a city. So big it's got the, its own fire department on site. Unfortunately, what we got was essentially a very expensive office park on the strip. <laughs> While not pictured, Aria is a sexy bitch. But it's, it was designed to usurp Bellagio as the premier property in the portfolio, and to date, it has done no such thing. While Veer Towers have always captured our imagination, the remaining resorts on property, including Vidara and Waldorf Astoria, they don't count because they don't have casinos in them, so there's no reason to ever visit them in the first place. <laughs> but that's, that's just my opinion. Uh, it is amusing that the most popular resort in city center's portfolio is arguably Cosmopolitan, the property they had to acquire and fold into the complex. So thanks to at the crybaby Vegas for sharing his view from his room at Vegas Vacation 12. I, I don't have much to say on this picture, so I'm yeah, there's not much to say. You. I, it, it's you, I'm surprised you made a monologue out of it, but I, I I tell you, it just flows through me. I don't. I look at pictures and I'm like, I have something to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell you. I so it he technically what you linked to here, uh, Mark. You've got three pictures now. One is a food pick, so that one's not going to be right um, relevant. Oh, so now I want to see if uh, if through my description you figured out which one. Oh, absolutely! It is the one that overlooks just this 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 very flat. Yep. Uh, the third roof. picture. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's then, the picture. And then you get this this um, you know, this kind of what I think is a rather ugly. It's hazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yellowish, yellow and in, in, in clear window um, building directly in front of it. Um, now this is interesting. The the building that's immediately to its right looks like it's a mirror. Almost looks like it could be a mirror. It's just so reflective. Um, 
Yeah, but anyway, it's it's I, frankly, I think the best. I you know what I'm surprised wasn't the winner. I I thought the winner would have been the picture he took from the top of Brewdog, looking at Park MGM and Aria. Oh, I think uh, I missed that one. I don't recall seeing that one either. All right now, we got to go back and look. I know. Right now, we got to find it. You got to tag us in, buddy. You got to help us out. <laughs> I'm sure he did a hashtag 360BV or something. I know, right? I totally overlooked it. Yeah. Sorry. That's right. Sorry, Jerry. Jerry doesn't mind. As always, we will link to the photo on our blog. We'll feature on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, and Twitter. Let's get into the news. to by Vegas Near Me. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me, and it is available free on both Android and your iPhone. What makes Vegas Near Me so special? Find restaurants by cuisine and styles, features and specialties, instant view menus, and make reservations with over 11,000 in-app menu and reservation links. See a list or a map view of every location at any chain restaurant or business. Sort by distance, name, or for shows and events, also by date. Easily favored any individual business, activity, or event, restaurant, chain, i.e. Starbucks, In-N-Out Burger, or Walmart, or category, i.e. Italian food, public golf courses, or comedy shows. Find all current and scheduled Vegas shows and events by type, genre, artist name, book tickets, and see seat maps. Check the current weather, the forecast for the week, or historical weather with sunrise and sunset times for whenever you plan to visit. Share Vegas Near Me with a QR code or to friends and family via messages, email, airdrop, and more. Vegas Near Me is now available as a free app in both the Apple Apps and Google Play stores. If it's fun to do or see, it's on Vegas Near Me. All right, this one has uh, sucked a lot of the oxygen out of the room as it relates to Vegas topics, so let's just get it out of the way. Cyber attacks. Yeah, so this is, uh, try and hold your your feedback until we're done with it because this one was a pain in the ass to, to write sure. uh, because it was all kind of cobbled together as, uh, as it was coming through, so hopefully I made it coherent. This week, MGM Resorts very publicly suffered a cyber attack that took down multiple systems including slots, room key cards, credit cards, hotel check-in, and more. Russian hackers very proudly claimed responsibility for the attack that caused the longest check-in lines we've ever seen outside of Disney. The property confirmed that they took several systems offline to prevent a data breach of player information. While MGM was desperately uh, dealing with their issue, it came to light that Caesars Entertainment suffered a similar attack the previous week. However, they didn't experience the same problems as MGM because Caesars paid a $15 million ransom to the aforementioned hackers so it wouldn't. Vital Vegas reports that the insurance company will cover that payout, though. I thought that was interesting. Well, no, that's, that's cyber insurance. Okay. I mean, it's, it's a type of insurance that you can buy for businesses. That's that, so crazy. Yeah, that, that if something like this ransoms. happens, yeah, something wow. like this happens, it'll, you're covered. Right. However... Mark, I very clearly heard the please don't interrupt me until I have an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I had to get that in there, otherwise I would have forgotten he would have moved on with the story. <laughs> However, they did have access to Caesars Rewards member data. It's still unclear exactly what they got at the time, but there is no proof that the hackers accessed passwords, pins, banking, or credit card information. As a result, Caesars is offering free credit monitoring and identity theft protection services to all members of Caesars Reward. 
If you're interested in taking advantage of these programs, we will have a link on the blog or in the notes section of the podcast. I'm going to interrupt again. So so we got a notice from, from our credit card that monitors all of our stuff that uh, our email address was found on the dark web. Like, we literally got it today. So I'm assuming it's from that Caesars. Breach? Yeah. Makes sense. And I think I saw something that said they got, like, emails and driver's license, which is a little scary. But... They don't have any of our banking information, so I'm not worried about that. Right. Sorry, continue. Once that was confirmed, MGM informed that they, too, were propositioned with a $30 million ransom. Concerns about how long it will take to resolve the issue in-house, as well as a threat that it could impact employee paychecks, have caused some employees to walk out of their job, which makes less sense because now you're not going to get a check at all. Some properties wheeled out complimentary water and or champagne to their guests who reported who reportedly had to wait four hours in line to manually check in. Oh, and resort fees are being waived. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, could this be the death of resort fees? I doubt it. Oh, that would be awesome. Scott thinks you should tip people uh, for waiting don't, in line. Don't start. Don't start with the tip. You don't, don't. You don't tip everything. Just you stop. Don't do it. Stop. I'm anti-tipping. Move now. on. That's where I'm going with it. Oh, no. Later. <laughs> now we're going to get hate mail. No, he's not. We're not going to. He isn't. I'm far, I watch Mark. I am far. Generously. I, I'm far too lazy to, to make that effort. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, both Caesars and MGM are required to report the details around these incidents to the SEC for further investigation. In an attempt to take advantage of people's desires to move to a different property to avoid the MGM headache, Caesars began slashing room rates. Later in the week, the hackers posted a statement addressing the incident, claiming that they still have access to MGM systems, and uh, as well as accusing members of MGM's in, of insider trading. The hackers threatened that if a deal can't be worked out with MGM, they will proceed with further attacks. Go. <laughs> Tony, thoughts? Um, I've been I, interjecting, I really have, so you go ahead. I, I, don't, I honestly don't have a whole lot to say other than, um, you know, this is going to happen more and more yeah. and more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I am a little surprised that these, I mean, I, listen, I'll be the first to concede. I don't know. IT worth a damn. I don't know how somehow I magically can get shows to show up on my television screen without a VCR connected to it. <laughs> so I, I, I will be the first to concede. I, I don't know anything about this technology, but it sure seems to me, it sure seems to me like you could have hired people for far less than $15 million to protect your internet IT server what a, what a great point if you're willing to pony up that quickly mm-hmm. maybe you should have just taken that 15 million and got some blue chips in there you know who knew the fuck they were doing so but I, I who I really honestly feel bad for are these people who have waited four hours in line would you would you wait would time. you wait Tony you know so here's no but here's the deal Same. I would need someone from MGM to walk up to me and say much like they do with the signs that say, I imagine Disney World, at this point in the line, you are approximately two hours away from the ride. Right. I would need a sign that says, at this point, you are approximately four hours away from getting checked in before I would um, before I would consider leaving. The problem is I think you wait in line and you don't know right. that it's yeah. going to take you four hours. And at what point are you pot committed to where you're like, well, fuck, I've waited this long. I can't not continue to wait. So, so, so what I, I, I would have done, what I would do if it's, it's a four hour wait. Yeah. You hop on your little smartphone, and you start looking at Caesars properties. You start looking at Wynn. Yep. You start looking at Venetian. Which one can you get into at the best rates and fastest? And I can guarantee you can figure that out 
well during the four hours. Oh, yeah. way before the end of the four hour. It won't even take yeah. you a half an hour to do that. And I, I know that I, I've been watching on Twitter. There were actually quite a few folks that were coming into town this weekend, um, and quite a few of them jumped ship and went to win, yeah. went to oh, Venetian I would, Palazzo. I, would, I wouldn't have waited long at all. I mean, granted, I, I would have been paying attention like I was before I did a podcast, still paying attention to what's going on in Vegas. And Absolutely. if I was on my way and heard those, those things, I would immediately start looking for a way out. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, any other thoughts before we move on? Well, yeah, the, the, the other thing that they, the hackers mentioned was this whole insider trading thing. Right. And, and what they're pointing at in their article says... Um, it, it's evident that no insiders, like people that know what's going on in the business, have bought stock in the last 12 months. However, they've been, there've been like major, like something like $33 million of stocks sold by insiders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, they're, they're kind of saying, look, there's something big happening here that the insiders know about that they're not disclosing. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're not buying. That's why they're dumping their stock. Right. Because something's about to happen that the stock price is going to drop. Right. And that's. Yeah. Maybe it's that they're about to get hacked. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, they that, knew it was coming. They got a warning. That was something also interesting is that they didn't like they don't have a, a chief technology officer, right? Yeah, at MGM and and as a company who, okay, so you've got the the play, uh, what is it the MGM slots thing? We used to get I forget what my Vegas. So you had that right, which wasn't really tied into their systems. But when you start launching like Bet MGM. And, and all this other stuff, you're expanding your technology footprint. You'd think you need somebody leading that charge. Right. Yeah. And it's then, a whole oh, new world. Oh, shit. And then I had another thought and it just flew out of my head. <laughs> it was a good one, too. Damn. Sorry if it comes back to you. <laughs> That's right. All right. I'm real excited to talk about this. Uh, let's chat about Zorkfest. Yeah, let's get on to something fun. <laughs> Zorkfest is an annual meeting of experience-led, or expert-led, sorry, presentations and events that will help you understand and earn more casino comps. This year's event will feature presentations by Gary Leff, founder of uh, The View from, from the Wing, as well as Gilbert Ott, founder of God Save the Points, and UNLV historian Dr. Dave Schwartz. It will also feature appearances by YouTube's number one Vegas vlogger, Matt Bridger, co-founder of Craps Vegas, or Crap Vegas, Josh Duffy, and 360 Vegas, Karen and Tony. Yay. Zorkfest. I like how even on our podcast, we're the last fucking ones mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Zorkfest 2023 will be Friday through Sunday, October 13th through the 15th in Lake Tahoe. Admission is for the three-day event will run you $450 through October 1st, $600 at the gate. What are you guys doing? <laughs> I don't know, Tony. Do you want to tell them what we're doing? If Isn't we're, it, I think if it's we're on the flyer. Featured, it is on the flyer. Yeah. Go ahead, Tony. Get, yes. Put, put well, a little spiel are, out there for what we're doing. We are doing we are doing uh, vintage cocktails with a modern spin. Uh, the idea here is you will be able to walk away with conservatively three drinks, but realistically more like four, five, six drinks because we're going to teach you how to riff on on the on the vintage uh, cocktail. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be very tasty. Uh, but I can honestly say that I have the status that I have with Delta, although that's that that may change after the uh, new Delta Miles uh, debacle. I saw that something about this week. that today on on the Twitters. I don't know exactly what's but, going uh, on, but I, I I have I have been to uh, 
two out of the three or three out of the four. I, I don't remember how many now. I, I've only missed one. I've only missed one. Um, but I can tell you that it is 450 bucks is a steal uh, for the information that you're going to lose. learn, especially if you use it. Um, I have used it. Phil, our buddy Phil States has used it. Frankly, Phil States has been like, no, no, Tony, here's what, like, I actually needed Phil States to break it down for me. <laughs> we have a talented audience. Just, I know. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm like, wait, Phil, wait, what now? And I've got Eric Rosenthal who's like, okay, Tony, imagine if you have money in one pocket and you want to move that money to the other pocket. How would you do that? I mean, it's just, it's the, it is, it is, uh, in the fact that it's going to be these folks that are, that are showing up to talk about this, this is going to be very, very exciting. If you've never been to Lake Tahoe, it's beautiful. Um, and, uh, frankly, it's just, it's an honor to even be invited to, to hang out with like really and truly, I, I can't believe that they're allowing me to hang out with the likes of, uh, Matt Bridger and, and, and Josh and, Dr. Dr. Dave. Dave. All right, all right. Let's let's. Yeah. It's getting embarrassing at this point. <laughs> I know, this right? is so. So, one of the things that they asked us to kind of do with this is sort of like the 360 Vegas cocktail events that that we've done. Um, this is going to be a little bit different. I think there's a few more people that are going to be in the room because um, we we normally have, well the last we've been limiting it to like 20 25 people. I think there's going to be substantially more than that. However, the flip side of it is because this is an official event versus us that we kind of go in under the radar and do our own event where we make the cocktails. Um, the, the property will not allow us to demo or make the cocktails. What? Yeah, no. So the, they will have a bartender there that will make the cocktails and have them ready to go. Oh, uh, you got to be kidding But, me. yeah, we, we can't do it. This is why we don't work with properties. This is why. It's a, it's a liquor license thing. I promise well, we you. Don't, we we also don't charge I promise as much. For, we don't charge anything for Vegas vacation. I we do charge for the events, but not, you know, <laughs> nowhere near what Dorkfest is doing. <laughs> frankly, Mark, I don't want to have to be responsible for Karen having to make those drinks for those folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that honestly, when this first came up, I was like, how the fuck are we going to do this in Tahoe? I was wondering the whole time. I'm like, I'm not going to argue with you, whatever. Well, no, and that, that was something, you know, that we, we talked with Danny about as, as we were setting this up. I'm like, I can't figure out the logistics of this. It's one thing for us to do a cocktail event here. You can batch the cocktails, move everything down, everything that you need because it's right down the street. How do I get that to Tahoe? I can't ship all that liquor to Taco to Tahoe. I mean, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's a taco. A taco. It's I know taco. it slipped. Um, or taco, or however, taco. however Alistair yeah. says it. Uh, but no, that's that's when they kind of got into. Well, because we're actually working with Harris Lake Tahoe, yeah. this is how it has yeah. to be done. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, that's shit, yep. that's easy. Now the flip side of it is like, all right, wait, what the hell am I going to do? Because Urbana. Tony taught, well, Nort, you well, signed up for it. I do all the work and, and then I get to, you know, demo and, and, and take care of people and every so often add my two cents to Tony's little snarkiness. You're a hostess? A um, little bit, yeah. yeah <laughs> pretty much. Um, but I think Tony and I figured that out. So I, I told him, like, do I just, you know, stand on the sidelines and look pretty? And he very graciously said no. So we will no. both be. Do you use your finger to point at the liquor bottle? Use this one. No. <laughs> this one? It's going to be, I'll be a little bit more involved in that. Come on. Look it, at the pretty label, guys. <laughs> but it is, it actually is kind of fun to not, and again, I love when we do the cocktail events. I actually have a fun time because I like to cook. So making the syrups and all the other shit is kind of a form of cooking and, you know, batching them is just, it's a big form of getting there. So I, I enjoy doing that. I give Tony 
except for squeezing the limes. I never, if I never have to squeeze right. a lime again, I'm, I'll be a happy camper. But I, I enjoy the whole process of it. But I'm also looking forward to being able to go someplace and just show up <laughs> and being like, all right, yeah. y'all, here's what we're, what we're here to talk about. And we're all yeah. going to have a couple cocktails and feel pretty good by the end of it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Should be. Oh, speaking of having a good time with too many cocktails, <laughs> what's up with the Pawn Stars DUI? Corey Harrison of Pawn Stars fame was arrested for suspected DUI this week after he failed a field sobriety test. The officer who pulled Corey over did so because he continued to drift into the into the bike lane. According to Harrison, he requested a breathalyzer test to prove that he wasn't intoxicated. However, no officer on the scene had a working machine. <laughs> we got to do a GoFundMe for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't need to encourage them to have breathalyzers in their cop car. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Potentially more alarming is how the RJ came to Harrison's defense and... It will, will come as no surprise to you that our old buddy Johnny Kleptomitz is uh, is the person who authored it. Typically, I don't read his stuff because it's it's bleh. But <laughs> you know, every once in a while, like you read a couple lines, you're like, "All right, where are you going with this? What, 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 what's going on here?" Yeah, this this was interesting because if you if you look at his well, um, so again, part of his excuses was like, "Well, hey, the, the the car's out of alignment, so it pulls to the right, which is why he said he kept, he kept sort of drifting over into the bike lane. Right. The fact that he asked for a breathalyzer and oops, nobody had one. Uh, although I wonder, I thought if they took you down, I mean, they had to have I a, thought, a I breathalyzer. Thought when they were processing you, yeah, you would. They you'd... they have to have one there. If not, I think they do blood draws in Nevada. I could be wrong. Oh, wow, but I mean, it seems like." one of those two options would have at least been available when they got to the jail mm-hmm. and then the d- charges would have been dropped or whatever, but it doesn't seem like that happened. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really kind of a, I'm of two minds of this whole situation of here's somebody that's, you know, well known in town and is trying to get away with something versus he's well known in town and, and yeah, people are kind of sick of him. Yeah. So it, it, it's kind of, it feels like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. I know I've said this before on this podcast and I will I will say it again. When you have a lot of money, and I'm talking stupid rich, yeah. like I have no doubt this, you know, Corey Harrison is because of uh, the show, you know, the Pawn Star show. Why you would not just pay some <laughs> 18, 19 year old kid forty thousand dollars just just like and and the kid doesn't even have to work full time for the forty thousand like because again you're stupid rich so you can afford forty thousand dollars to just keep an 18 year old kid on hand who it's it's understood that at the drop of a hat you will be required exactly or or even just yeah i love it you will be my own personal personal yeah i I love it i I don't i just don't understand why somebody with that much money would not just keep a permanent uber driver in his proverbial back pocket i I agree with that argument tony i because actually if i had that much money and i knew i was going to be out drinking yes absolutely he's saying he wasn't drinking well he's saying the the car is old it kept pulling and he's even asking again he's asking the officer give me a breathalyzer yeah but like you said like that story falls apart when he gets there because you can't tell me nobody in nevada has a working breathalyzer look (laughs) i i have never you know been down to the clark county detention center again i'm I'm knocking on well i mean i've been there to go to the courtroom well no i've never been to the detention center i've been to the the courthouse (laughs) 
very different. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's a joke. There's a there's a, a scene from um from The Simpsons where Bart's talking to his dad and he goes, "This is the worst day of my life." And Homer goes, "The worst day of your life." So far. So far right? <laughs> and so I don't. But yeah, I don't know how that whole processing thing works. So. It, it, kind of the contra I agree with your argument but kind of the contrapoint to that Tony is all right what if because and they have all these old cars that's that's kind that's, of that's what true. their family that's is true. used to and they love these old classic cars that they either fix up sometimes it takes them a while to fix up so if he was in this that's really true. old car that he was fighting to pull you don't want some 18 year old kid driving that you it's no, no, your car I mean I, okay, fair, fair. And, and also, also, <laughs> Karen, you. where you got me as well is my comment presupposes that mm-hmm. he had even remotely been drinking. Right. He could have been 0.0 stone cold sober. He just picked the car up from wherever he bought it from and it pulled to the right. I, yeah. I, I'm, you know, you're, you're right. In fairness, I am ever so slightly presupposing that he um, he had been drinking. And, and, and if that's the case, then I apologize. I but I'll tell you, um, as someone who did criminal defense work for a long, long time, and um, and uh, drunk driving was a fair amount of oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. work that I did, especially I mean, in Michigan. There's so many rural areas. <laughs> yeah, it, you just well, go on the yes. back roads. Um, that uh, the fact that he requested a breathalyzer and one was not provided to him would be almost, almost uh, lights out for the prosecutor. Yeah. Like there'd just be nothing. As a matter of fact, I did a, sorry, I'm going off tangent, but it's legal related. So I think Mark will be interested in this. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I, I did a, uh, I had to do an, an externship with, in my law school before I, before you could graduate. An so I did my externship. externship. Is, right. So isn't that weird? In, they call if I were to have done it within the confines of my law school, they would have called it an internship. Okay, but because I was doing it with an outside of the law school entity, it was called an externship. Wait, wait. So if you if you work for free as an intern within the school, it's called an intern. If you yep. go outside to work for free, it's an extern. That's correct. That's, That's correct. Weird. That's not the point of my logic. story, Karen. Yeah, you really derailed that. Please save all comments for the end. <laughs> okay, Tony, that's the second time you said that to me today. <laughs> I, know, I know, but it's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. Well, I'm just going to so, keep on doing it so you, we can just beat that horse into the ground. Um, but any, I'm sorry, so continue. I, yeah, yeah. So the, 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 the particular uh, attorney that I did my externship with, he said, uh, frankly, his advice, if he could buy, you know, billboards all over Michigan, he said his advice would be... Um, uh, do not, uh, do not um, turn down the breathalyzer, but then immediately demand a blood draw. And he said mm-hmm. the value to it is a, a couple of things. One of which is your, you buy extra time, so that and the blood draw winds up being more uh, used and entered into as evidence. Now, let me be very, very clear. This is Michigan-specific, and I have been out of criminal defense practice for conservative <laughs> and you don't have any, uh, eight years. You so, don't have any so, personal experience with these situations. So, and I do not have any personal experience, so do go. not take... This would be malpractice <laughs> if I actually was trying to proffer this as, as legal advice. <laughs> but his but his comment was, you always want the, the blood draw, because not only does it buy more time to allow your, you know, the alcohol to, to work through alcohol, your system. Yeah. But but that's what actually ends up being introduced into a a, 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 a trial. 
they can use, they can, they, they might rely on and say, well, the day, at the moment that I pulled them over, the machine was blowing X, Y, or Z numbers, but realistically, the, it's the, it's the blood draw that gets injured. So, anyway, or, and just hear me out, don't fucking drink and drive. That's, that too. Yeah, and Uber's there. cheaper than DUI. There's yeah, that. All right, next up is a last minute cancellation. Ed Sheeran had to cancel his concert at Allegiant Stadium only hours before he was due to perform to construction issues with the stage. The fault appears to be the rubber membrane of the stadium floor coming unglued under all the weight from the stage, causing it to collapse in places. The concert had been re- or has been rescheduled to October 28th with a promise it will include, quote-unquote, something special. A Las Vegas contractor was used to, con- uh, to construct the stage... Expect to see a lawsuit. That is weird. Uh, I'm just, I'm like, what kind of fucking stage do you have, man? Well, it, it's been working all over the country because all you've That's been hearing is every time he shows up in a city, he pops up in a small business or a, a local school, like music class or something. So he's he's been all over the country doing no. this. Um, and the fact that it was, a, you know, they say it was a few hours before he was supposed to perform. It was an hour before the gates opened. That's what I thought. I which remember. there were all these people, and it was a hot day, lined up outside waiting to get in that then didn't get to. Now, in his his defense, he spent, I don't know, was it was a half an hour, 45 minutes, like taking pictures and, and, you know, meeting with folks that were standing around. But I, I didn't realize, I'd, I hadn't heard that they'd rescheduled it. I'm happy they did that. Still, you, you plan to come. I mean, it, that's, that's oh, yeah. easy for the Californians and the Nevadans to go, oh, okay, well, we'll redo it. No, absolutely. But all the people that flew in for that shit. But, but the difference is, so, okay, you're, you're, you're kind of making a parallel argument to um, the bullshit that Adele pulled at the beginning of her residency. Um, or the We Were Young concert that we were supposed to go to, which pulled the same bullshit, but that was because of weather. So, they, again, that was outside something they control. Like, when Adele melted down and canceled 24 hours before, she melted down. There wasn't any physical reason right. why that concert could not right. have happened, yeah, yeah. except, you know, she had a meltdown. Justified or not, she had a meltdown. In this situation, it was deemed to not be safe. And not only safe, if you saw this stage set up, and I haven't seen pictures of, of Ed Sheeran's stage, but it, what it looks like is there's actually several stages, and the, I'm guessing the fans are, you know, in throughout the stages. Like, there's one in the center, and there were several on the side, so I'm guessing the general admission folks are, you know, wandering around in there. If the stage is, is slipping or moving or collapsing, that not only, you know, causes a risk for the performer, but for all the people standing around. So I, I, I don't know how they didn't know that was going to happen until an hour before, but I, I, I'm rather I'm glad he rescheduled. I'm I'm I'd rather they cancel than potentially risk people getting hurt. I know I both bored with my talking. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, that's it's going to do it for news. Let's move into profits. Perfect. For those of you unfamiliar. Bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces and noteworthy items. LasVegasPins.com are Disney-quality enamel pins of vintage Vegas icons. The ever-expanding collection includes this week's featured pin, the MGM Lion. The only thing more impressive than it as a concept is the colossal failure it was, a costly mistake that one finds it hard to understand how they overlook such a detail. 
For those that don't know, when the MGM Grand we have today opened, it was built as a Wizard of Oz-themed resort. The entrance to the building on the corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Tropicana was a giant representation of the MGM Lion. What designers of the property somehow overlooked is it's considered bad luck in Asian culture to walk under the head of a lion. So Asian foot traffic was non-existent as none would enter the property from that entrance. So they tore it down and replaced it with the bronze statue that's still there today. However, you can relive this moment in Vegas history with this pin. This Las Vegas pin only costs $10, but 360 Vegas listeners can drop that price another 15 to 20%. Because new listeners can use the promo code 360 to save one time 20%. And returning customers can use 360 Vegas for 15% off. Just go to LasVegasPins.com or go to our blog, 360VegasPodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for LasVegasPins.com. First up, some of the contractors who built the sphere are now suing Madison Square Garden Entertainment demanding payment for the work completed. Three different contractors are suing in amounts totaling approximately $25 million. That's not that, that's not that bad. That thing costs a billion to build. I mean, uh, a billion more. I thought it was like two and a half billion. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. That's what I mean, like $25 million. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be a If dick. somebody owes me $25 million, you better believe I'm fucking suing. <laughs> well, and that's only three contractors. I right. would presume there are probably other uh, folks that are still... Uh, left holding the bag. I hope not. I hope that isn't what this this legacy becomes. It is rumored that Christina Aguilera is set to announce a return to Vegas for another residency. She will be performing in the new Voltaire nightclub at Venetian is what in what is being described as her quote most intimate show ever. How much she is getting paid for this run of shows expected to begin in April 2020 2024 was not released. Yeah. Okay. I'd go see her. I would see her. Uh, I, although I don't. I. This sounds like it's going to be a Lady Gaga type thing. Like in that. Like an unplugged. Yeah, and I'm not interested in that. I want. I want. I want a fully plugged in performance. Don't half ass it for me. So, so here's the funny thing. <laughs> I would be more interested in seeing an unplugged with Christina than I would with Gaga. Really? Because Gaga is really? no. Because Gaga, when when she is full stage show, she is over the top. That's a spectacle I want to see. I can watch, you know, videos of her singing live and all of that all the time. I think Christina has a really good voice. And I'm I'm concerned if she's jumping around all over the place, it ain't gonna quite <laughs> sound right. I think she needs to sit still to sound good. I don't know that Gaga does. <laughs> she doesn't move. You've seen her. She, it's not like she dances with. It. She reminds me of Whitney Houston. She just kind of walks around the stage. Okay, that was my opinion. I'm sorry for sharing it. No. See now you made it weird. It was reported this week that Giordano's at the Grand Bazaar shops at Horseshoe are. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, has now started charging a 3% surcharge. The note on the check claims the charge is to offset rising costs associated with labor, employee, benefits, um, food, and beverage. Wait. As a result, Giordano's has now been added to our blacklist of restaurants. We discourage people from patronizing because they charge bullshit fees instead of increasing the price of their food. I, uh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. I, I've seen... Other companies say, you know, labor cost, like the, the benefits we have to offer, so they put on a surcharge, uh-huh. which is stupid because you're calling out the fact that you can't afford to pay your employees, so we're going to pass this directly on instead of, like you said, passing it in through the cost yeah. of the menu pricing. Um, but 
This is literally the definition of nickel and diming. But but when they, they say the reason they're doing it is associated with labor, employee benefits, food, and beverage. <laughs> right. Guess what? If you pay more for the whatever the raw product is that you end up cooking and serving your clients, right. you end up charging your clients more. Yeah. That's yeah, how that works. So, yeah. Don't put a percentage on it because it calls it out to people. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. <laughs> no, I'm very <laughs> ranty your, your this week. Lo- You're fine. I, I love it. I love it, Karen. And, and frankly, let me, let me, help, let me uh, add fuel to your fire by saying that in, a day, in this day and age now where so many places are using QR codes for the, for the purpose of getting your menu and or places where they have the menus up on television screens. There's no reason why you couldn't go in and either amend the prices on the screen that's that's being, you know, placed on the television or the price that's a part of the menu that's then connected to that QR code. So you could arguably change these things. I mean, listen, I get the point of saying they don't want to have to reprint uh, menus every time the prices go up. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, no, that's that's fair. That's that, expensive. They should they should say that this is for the cost of these new menus. That would be awesome. That, now that that I would have respect for. Right. Put down put down the really most trivial bullshit. I'd be like, well, now that's cool. I like that. Right. Well, and I guess to that point, Tony, it is kind of if you just charge a, a percentage, as you know, things fluctuate and change. You know that. But the thing is, they're probably just. Oh my God, they're probably adjusting the menu prices on top of oh, charging this three percent fee. Yeah. So every time they raise the menu prices, sure. they get even more because they're already charging three percent of whatever sure. it is. They're yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping whatever uh, legislation they produce to stop with resort fees somehow also includes these kind of CNF fees, any kind of nickel and dime fee. It was confirmed this week that the new speakeasy at Bellagio's. Let me try that again. It was confirmed this week that the new speakeasy at Bellagio's is going to have the cheapest drink at, wait for it, $35. $35 will be their cheapest craft cocktail offered, with prices jumping as high as, quote unquote, market price. What the fuck does that mean when it comes to booze? Like, oh, here's our 12-year McKin... No, it's 13 years now. No, no, no. Market price means whatever, you know. It's they like, think they can get away with. Right. Right. And, and with, so, I, like, I get that when it comes to food, like fish or something, like, oh, it's right. market price spends. Well, because it depends on the season, if it's right. in season, if it's not, how difficult it is to get, all of that. Mm-hmm. I get that. What this is basically saying is as the prices of the, because they're not using, which, again, seems wrong to me to use these super expensive top-tier liquors in a cocktail when what you should be doing with those liquors is enjoying them as they are because why else would you let them sit around and cost that much mm-hmm. so but to mix it in a cocktail number one is stupid but what they're basically saying is we're going to wait and see would what you this become a purist I, no if you're and, and Tony can tell me if I'm completely wrong on this but this is this is my thought of it and I, I think about it when I when I look at vodka, right? So if I am just going to sip on a vodka martini, I don't know what the hell you call it, but just sip some vodka, I'm going to go with a Grey Goose or something like that because it's a really good vodka. It's more expensive. Right. But I know that it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. If I'm mixing it in a cocktail, I'm going to use Tito's. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
so in my mind, if they're doing cocktails with a bourbon, um, with an expensive tequila, with whatever, you shouldn't be diluting. There's a reason why these are more expensive. It's because they, their taste, their clarity, their whatever is better. So you shouldn't be diluting that with mixers. You should... Okay, forget the mixers. I just want to sip on this. Because when you do the mixers, you're diluting the flavor. I, I could be wrong, but that's that's my thought on it. I wonder to what degree um, some of these prices are going to be market price based on the let's say, accoutrement that they work into it, right? <laughs> are there going to be gold flecks that are sprinkled across the top of the drink? You know, that's going to change the price because of the price of gold, let's say. Or are they putting caviar, you right, know, on right. a on a on a on a Pedal, some sort of flower. Bouncing salt off their elbow. No, that no, that cheapens it. It's just that's wrong. (laughs) It's like caviar in a cocktail. Ooh, now I want to see if there's caviar in a cocktail. That sounds Um, fascinating. Like that's that's kind of what I wonder if that's what it's going to be, or if it's going to be. um, uh, And this is a a bit of a joke, but that um, that White Orchid movie that starred Nicolas Cage, where he's trying to find that one elusive uh, orchid out in the middle of the, you know, who knows where jungle and you lost me at Nicolas Cage so it's <laughs> <laughs> funny so I mean that's kind of what and last but not least never underestimate a douchebag who is willing to you know pay a hundred thousand dollars to put something up on the resort's world screen know, right, right. way to, way to class up to the joint there resort's exactly. world well, yeah, the, and, go ahead sorry oh, I was just gonna say this is this is this what I would refer to as swinging your dick money Right, like, oh, look at me! I can come and I can spend this kind of money on it. Yeah, which is probably good that it's a speakeasy in a small space because there's not a lot of people who could do that. Yeah. Though, we need to find somebody on the inside to me because yes, they can get us copies of the exactly. recipes. Oh shit, that was oh, oh the recipes. Okay, I was gonna say they they somebody on Twitter showed. Uh, yeah, no, the menus there. Yeah, showed the menu. I but again, as, as Tony often says, yeah. it's not just what's in it; it's the combination. It's yeah. So that we, we need to find somebody on the inside. Mm. I feel like we need to to put a, a challenge to our minions and mm-hmm. say, hey, if, if anybody wants to try going in there, see if you can sweet talk the bartender or something right. and, and get that out. Okay. Let me see. Tensions were high at Aria's Alibi Lounge when guests who paid five hundred dollars for tables had TVs that were unable to broadcast the NFL games that they paid to see. Security needed to be brought in to de-escalate the situation. Pretty fucking piece too. Oh yeah, that should well, be I refundable think, right this there. Was, this was all part of the hack. Yeah. I mean, it, that was all the reason they couldn't broadcast it was because all their systems were down. That's yeah. okay, okay, okay. That's well, that's insane that uh, Ari was still charging five hundred dollars for tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you, you, they had to have known that people were coming in on Monday to watch, I assume, Monday Night Football. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they they had to. And the fact that this is what I paid for and you can't show yeah. it. Yeah. Guess what? I will call yeah. my credit card company and right. be like, yeah. I'm disputing that charge and here's why. Yep. And guess who's going to win that fight? Yeah. The F1 Vegas message to those who are not affluent enough to enjoy the race was so well received As Vital Vegas is reporting, there are a number of flights to Vegas around F1 time that are completely unbooked, as in no one has purchased a single seat. Further showcasing that they outkicked their coverage, the F1 race is now advertising 10% off of grandstand prices. 
Now, how you actually purchase said tickets uh, isn't quite clear because they aren't available on Ticketmaster, who is the event's partner. <laughs> I, I heard today that they uh, almost categorically, every property has dropped their rates By like 60%. 60%, yeah. So, again, it's funny because we, when this was first announced, we thought, oh, God, let's get the wraparound gotta, suite wrap around at Cosmo. We can, you know, split it with a few folks, watch the race. This will be fun. And then the prices came out and you're like, fuck no. And now we're like, hmm. I know, right? Oh, now, right. now we're getting to a reasonable spot. Okay. So we're hoping, like, maybe that means next year they'll they'll be a little bit smarter about, um, about their, their pricing and maybe not box people out. You know what I wonder, gang? Um... So, obviously, the creme de la creme of Vegas tourists listen to our podcast. <laughs> that's, so they, that's a fact. They would know not to go out to Vegas during these particular dates of F1. But realistically, unless you... I guess, let me get to my point, which is to say, what do you think is realistically driving down these numbers? Because... Unless you are a part of this, the Vegas verse, I, I would call it, how do you really know that those are the dates that you don't want to be there, thus resulting in these low numbers? That's a good point. Do you think people were going and, and were just, they were like, without knowing the F1 was happening on whatever particular dates F1 is happening on, do you think people were going to the Mirage website, the Caesars Palace website, and, and they're seeing just astronomical rates and saying, yes. well, fuck, I'm not going to pay that rate? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it so it wasn't per se. I'm staying away because it's F one. F one. It's, it's I can't afford to go at this time. Well, That's why I was like, the race isn't just for the affluent. The city is for the affluent for three days because right. you can't afford. You to can't go. afford anything. Yeah, you can't anywhere. afford anything. Like all the, the prices on everything when this was announced and the dates were finally announced, the prices on everything went through the roof, yeah. like ridiculously through the roof. South Strip and should still be reasonable or should have been reasonable. It, it, it was still, they were still charging more. Yeah. Everybody was charging yeah, more yeah. for this. And I think what, what's happened is, so, and that this happens a lot to your, your question, Tony. A lot of people will, will go out and look on the website and say, Jesus Christ, why is it for this weekend in December, mm-hmm. the room rates are through the roof? Well, it's, it's probably one of a couple things. Um, either there's a, a Raiders home game. So especially the MGM prices go crazy or it's, you know, a major concert or something that's coming through. There's usually a reason for why the rates go up. Mm-hmm. These rates went up so high, everybody was like, what the fuck is going on? And backed away from it. Now, the flip side of it is now for the properties, they didn't get the bookings that they were expecting. I mean, people started looking at these rates going, oh, I want to go. I think F1 in Vegas is going to be awesome. Yeah. I'm not paying that, whether I out of principle won't or I can't well, afford I, it. I mean, yeah, the locals. I'm not going. Yeah, that's that's something else too. Is like none of the locals are involved in any of this. Oh yeah, no, we're like, and like it's getting worse thought, and worse. You would have thought that there would like there there would be a lot of locals, you know, to come. I mean, they see sporting events all the time. I mean, it's one of the things the city's become known for, you know. And but no, it's just, everyone's boxed out. Like you're not interested in going down there because all you've heard is negative shit. You've all you've seen is high prices. You know, all you've seen are things screaming at you to stay away. Well, and, and think about it from F1 standpoint. When they first announced that the venues along the racetrack would have to pay, what was, wasn't it like 1500 a person initially? I don't, I don't remember. And it was, it was based on the capacity right. of the venue. So even if, so let's say, you know, you're a venue in Mecca Walgreens that has a balcony outdoors. 
Your entire venue may hold 400 people. Your outdoor space only holds holds 100. They wanted to charge 1,500 per person of capacity of the restaurant. Otherwise, they were going to block the view. Like that's insane. Now that's come down. That's changed, and I think we're we're seeing this whole. I will say this: people that come to Vegas, and this is going to sound funny, uh, are generally very smart about their money. Mm-hmm. They realize if they're coming in for an event or something, the costs are going to be elevated. But when the cost gets too high, people are like, "Okay, that's not fucking worth it." There, there's it's it's stupid, and that I think is what what happened with the room rates, with everything else. Mm. So now I, I do know that because um, it was Mirage, I think, that was putting out comp rooms, but you had to book for the entire four-day period. Right, something like that. Because it's, the race is actually, I think, on Sunday, but they practice on Thursday. So it was like Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night you had to book for. So basically you were there. You're not leaving. Everybody's locked in. And I think there's... Were they, would they be comp for all four nights? Yeah. They had that. Wow. They had that. I don't know if it's still up I, on their their, their site, but it was yeah, it was up for yeah. You had to book the four nights, and I think a lot of places are doing that for that weekend still. They don't want to have to deal with because again, the transportation, especially for certain properties, is going to be a, a nightmare. So they literally want you okay, come in the Thursday when everything starts. Now you're here, and now you can take the pedestrian bridges if you want to move. You can do whatever, but I don't want to have to deal with. You know, checking people in and out in the middle of this craziness. Yeah, that's true. That you know what, that, Karen? That's something I never even gave consideration to is the whole check in check out bullshit. And they just don't want to have to deal with that. Well, and getting there, and even the employees getting there is going to be a challenge. So it's literally like, okay, let's Once make sure we have our our customer base here. Once they're here, valet is going to be you know easier to deal with. The Uber, everything is going to be much easier because it's going to be restricted. We, we know we have our captured base. Let's just stick with that and not have to deal with all the other bullshit. Jersey Boys is returning to the Vegas market, this time off strip, specifically at the Orleans. Shows will start in December, in, uh, but ticket prices... Oh, no, sorry. Just no other specifics were disclosed. So not even not ticket prices, just nothing. Right. December, like, Orleans. Hey, hey, they're coming. That's right. FYI, I would totally go see that show. That again. was a great show. That you ever seen so it, Tony? Fun. Never. Oh, no, it's I really know. good. You got to go see especially it. Especially the era of music that you like. Oh my god, dude, it's really good. This oh, is god. right. It was one of those things. We first went to go see it, and, and I was like, I don't really know the Four Seasons. Like, I don't know what. They, and as they start going, you're like, I know that song. I know that song. I know this song. I know that song. And the storyline behind how it all came. Oh, it's fascinating. You really should. Tony, I would put this on your list of shows you need to we see. We go with you. That's cool. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> David Blaine announced a residency at the Encore Theater at Wynn this week, starting it's December 31st, 2023, with select dates in February, March, and May. You know he's going to do something big. It's New Year's Eve. He's going to have some massive, major... I hope it's not one of his endurance tests. Those are boring. Do more levitating and card tricks. Right. Show start at 8 p.m. and tickets start at an undisclosed amount. In unexpected cool news, this week it was revealed that Big Rig Jig at Ferguson's on Fremont East does more than just sit there. It moves. It's kind of hard to explain how it moves, so if you're interested, click on the link on the blog or in the podcast show notes. 
but it's cool. Did, Tony, did you Did watch you know this? that it moved? No, no idea. It's, okay. it's rather impressive. Click on the link. Because I, I've seen this thing, like, I can't even tell you how many times, and all of a sudden I'm scrolling through Twitter, and it was, like, literally, it, it moves. And majorly moves, right. not That's even I mean. sort of moves. And you can't describe it. Like, I can't really explain well, to you Well, how... it's kind of all curved over. So, so Big Rig Jig is several semi-tractor two. trailers. Two. Three. Two. There's at least three. Mm-hmm. There's two. Okay, I see. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, it... it it's like a. It's like a. a um, I would. I would liken it to a scorpion tail. And the scorpion tail can go forward. That's. Go oh. That's a very good description. Huh. I mean, normally you see it, yeah, curved over itself, yeah. but then it yeah. can straighten out and cause problems. Yeah, that's a good way. That's cool. Uh, refurbishment of the Caesar's fountains has progressed to the pouring of concrete stage. Uh, no word when the project will be complete. However, soon seems to be an accurate projection. Yeah, I, I say, along. I say before the F one race is when it'll be oh, complete. Of course, of course. Why not? <laughs> I didn't think of that. Great point. Vital Vegas is reporting that Fish will have a residency at the Sphere, projected to start in April of 2024. Plans are for the band to play about 18 shows with different set list for each performance. It's funny. Do they have that many songs? Oh, oh yes. yes. Oh, Fish yes. is a jam band, dude. They just crank albums out, and, and their fans follow them. They do it like I like I, literally. Okay, so when when you said you were following, oh, like Garth Brooks, Brooks, they have people that'll follow them all around the country. Like camp out in tents. No, they'll make money by making grilled cheese sandwiches and shit, and not just drive like to whatever's local. They literally have like sold off their lives, yeah. bought a little camper van, and Very follow this band around. Thing. So. Huh. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Yeah, no, it's a whole, and it's it's. I've heard. Okay, <laughs> this is gonna sound so bad. And if we have listeners that are fish fans, they're gonna be offended. Oh no! No, what the one thing that I've heard about fish fans like doing this because they do this fall around is how bad the concerts smell. <laughs> because the, again, these yes. people are, are traveling around with no bathrooms, no right, showers, no right. nothing, and it's they're all super funky. It's funny. I think Scott said said. Uh, how can you, you know, I didn't know you could get away with uh, not playing all your hits. And like, they don't have hits. They don't have hits. <laughs> they they, they have just make this, albums and people are like, I love They have the album, this diehard group of fan that know every single song from every single yep. album and they don't care what you, and, and they will go. I can see there will be fans that Pearl will Jam buy does tickets. It, it does similar stuff. Not the way well, their Fish does. changes all the time. Well, which is great. I mean, get into your deep tracks and stuff. We right. love that. But no, I I know they're like the Fish fans will now buy tickets to every single concert and just stay. Oh my god, I didn't think of that. Because <laughs> stay here for three weeks. I'm gonna get to hear everything. <laughs> I guarantee that would be cool, man. I'll tell you what. If Corn did that, they're like going. We're going through all 13 albums. Like fucking saddle up, man. I'm ready for this. <laughs> oh no, that I would. Yeah, but it, that wouldn't take them, you know, 13 weeks or whatever it was or three weeks right, to do that. Right. They they could do that in a couple nights. Right. But still, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Kimmel are teaming up to perform at Park MGM Saturday, September 23rd. Show's going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets were at an undisclosed amount. It was announced that Carrie Underwood will be extending her residency at Resorts, uh, Resorts World into 2024. Tickets go on sale for those select dates. Uh, oh, this coming Monday, September 18th. My dad's 85th. Birthday. Nice. Aw. Happy birthday, Grandpa Tony. That's right. Or Grandpa Snyder, sorry. <laughs> um, Luxor is installing a, quote, play playground 
on the atrium level of the pyramid near the showroom and exhibits area of the atrium. The 14,000 square foot playground is not a VR experience, nor is it an arcade. It is an interactive exhibit with experiences like a 1,400 square foot bounce house and a Velcro wall, as well as problem solving puzzles. The attraction is scheduled to open in the first quarter of 2024. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if this is if I'm the target audience for this. I, I ain't fucking know. I mean, I would like to get you know, kind of bounce. A bounce into house? It. Not a bounce house. No, in a vel- velcro wall. But just I don't. I don't know why. That's that would be cool to try to like just launch off like, a trampoline oh, right. one time and just stick to the wall. Like here, <laughs> the the fun of sticking would offset the the pain of the impact I of know, right? the wall. Exactly. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> That's you. Oh, that is me. This week, a quick preview of what we you can expect to see at Darren Aronofsky's film created specifically for the sphere. What we got to see was a giant woolly mammoth walk right up to the camera, creating what I can only imagine is a breathtaking experience. Tickets for said movie start at $48. Did you see this, Tony? That thing was massive. Yes, but I don't think it's a woolly mammoth, buddy. Well, I thought it was sure an elephant. Yeah, it's, it's an <laughs> elephant with some, some tusk to it. An elephant has tusks. I don't hear if that. it wasn't furry, it's not a woolly mammoth. Fair enough. It's funny. You um, need to attack yes, me. yes, I did, and I thought uh, I thought Josh won the twitters mm-hmm. for the day mm-hmm. when he said, "Well, now yep. all I want to do is just play Mario Kart." <laughs> Get three friends and play Mario Kart. Yes, yes. that'd be amazing. Yes, that be, I would pay absorbent yes. amounts of money to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. The next 360 Vegas vacation, we'll just rent yeah. it out. Let's just rent oh, the whole thing shit. out. <laughs> We're just going to play Mario Kart inside. You need everybody to pony up $100,000. Right. It's going to be but, so worth but it. But Tony, guess who has tickets to go see this movie? Oh, yeah. Ooh. Me and Christina. We're big Aronofsky fans. Oh, well, good for you. <laughs> and, and, you know, and the wife here, the, the regular wife, not the now movie and concert wife. Uh, we share a us, lot of the same interests. One of us can't, uh, the whole thought of the screen that's going all the way around you and things moving. Yeah, it makes me sick even thinking about it. So <laughs> we, we ain't doing that. Elon Musk's boring company submitted a request to build an extension to the existing tunnel under the convention center that would reach all the way to the stratosphere. Work is currently underway on a link to both Westgate and Encore. So, is, but this, just to be clear, this, none of this is open yet, right? Not these extensions. This well, wait no, a minute. No, 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 no. It's already working. It's been it's been working underneath so, the uh, convention center. So they for started within a year or so. Yeah, it was within the convention center. I think Resorts World was the next. Resorts World's got one. Um, connecting spot. I can't remember who else has got it. Maybe well, it's I know Encore. Um, Encore and I guess Westgate were next. Okay. But I mean, so as of what's what's functioning right now is a, a system underneath the convention center, from Resorts World to the convention center. Encore and Westgate are, are coming online. So it's, it's like a loop. It's like a loop inside of uh, the convention center with different stops. And, but it's so giant that you literally take a, like a, an underground Uber so you can get to one other side of it. Yeah, it's all staffed with Teslas. I guess I did not realize that it was even open yet. So it was. It seemed weird to me that they would be requesting an extension when it's not even open yet. Oh no, like, it's doing so. It's doing so well. They can't Tony. point those drills at at, at properties faster. Tony. We yes, have Karen. reported it on the show several I times. I'm usually drunk, so. 
So you take that up with drunk Tony. Sober Tony right now is like, oh, hey, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to start getting into, like, versions of Sybil here. Right. Like, w- which personality we're talking to. <laughs> is this drunk Tony? Is this sober Tony? Great fucking reference, <laughs> Karen. Wow, that was, that was a Frasier-esque <laughs> right that was some fucking smart reference. Well played. Nice. Thank you. Wait, is this me? Yeah. Okay. Sure is. <laughs> the Las Vegas Convention Center is raising its prices per square foot, charging an additional penny every year starting in 2026 with a plan... Uh, with hmm, Starting in 2026, period. The plan is to increase each year until they reach 40 cents per square well, that foot. That would be better. By 2023. Exclamation. <laughs> the goal is to generate more than $5 million in additional revenue. You see, n- not only do I make them read what's on the paper, but they have to understand what I actually meant. <laughs> and then edit it. And, <laughs> on yeah, the that, fly. That fuck up was not my fault. I have had a couple cocktails. That one was not my fault. I'm reading it going, uh, so as it, was, as it was written, starting in 2026 with a plan is to increase. And I'm like, that's not right. Okay, stop. Go back. Don't make me sound stupid. Let me fix it. And lastly, Lido Vegas shared the location of Plaza's new side entrance, specifically located on the southernmost part of the property underneath the parking structure. Why do you call it a, a side entrance and not uh, piss people off with this pronunciation? A porkisher. I thought that's what it was. Uh, a porkisher is is covered parking. This is, I mean, I guess you could say it's covered. It's underneath it's the parking It's not covered garage. parking. It's a covered entrance. Right. Where vehicles pull into. Right. Right. I thought it was. I thought it kind of extended out. No. No? No. I miss, miss saw the, the Yeah, it was underwhelming, I'll be honest. That's it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attractions. Coming attractions brought to you by Vegas.com is the portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. Access to premium content is available at patreon.com slash 360vegas. A monthly subscription will give you access to the enhanced version of the podcast, often with bonus content, exclusive podcasts like 360 Vintage Vegas, 360 Origins, 360 Vegas Movies, insider information on all things 360 Vegas, 360 Vegas Vacation, and early access to everything. To subscribe, simply go to patreon.com slash 360vegas. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can find a link to Patreon on our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. First up, Daryl Hall minus John Oates, but with special guest Todd Rundgren, is performing at the Venetian Wednesday, November 8th, Show starts at 7.30 p.m. and tickets start at $59. That's well done. There are too many qualifiers on that announcement. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Travis Scott is performing at the MGM Grand Garden Arena Sunday, October 29th. Shows start at 7 p.m. and tickets start at $131. Chris Tucker announced he will return to the stage for back-to-back performances at The Win Friday and Saturday, January 19th and 20th. Shows start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $55. That's huh. a week of reasonable... Well, I don't know about Travis Scott, but... No, Chris Tucker. Yeah. Leanne Rhimes will be breaking up marriages and performing <laughs> 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 
my wife has such a irrational hatred for Leanne Rhymes uh, because I guess she broke up the marriage of whoever she's married to now. Mm-hmm. But in fairness, she also has an irrational hatred for Garth Brooks. No, for your, the your, same reason. your wife and I share that irrational hatred for Garth Brooks. What? You don't hate Garth Brooks. I do hate Garth Brooks. We, oh, I think come she on. hates We've Garth talked Brooks about the divorce. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, the, the, the chick. Bang and yeah. Trisha Yearwood, yeah. Um, but anyway, she'll be playing uh, Venetian Friday and Saturday, December 15th and 16th. Show starts at 8.30 p.m. and tickets start at 36 bucks. Mike Epps is performing at the Venetian Saturday and Sunday, January 13th and 14th. And again, Friday and Saturday, May 3rd and 4th. Shows start at 8.30. Tickets start at an undisclosed amount. Don't forget that you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on on our coming attraction calendar on the blog. Let's check the river. communal cards you get in a game of Texas Hold'em, the river can have anything turn up. So is our river segment. And this week, oh boy, kids, do we have listener feedback. Buckle so, up. Yeah, settle in. This was, uh, this this is going to be a, this, you're going to get your money's worth uh, this week. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first up, Karen, we've got a PayPal donation from Sasha Johnston. We do. Sasha writes, a karma donation for a trip this weekend to celebrate our son's 21st birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Staying at the Horseshoe and Park MGM. Need the 100% guarantee for a good time. Absolutely. Love the show. Thanks for all you do. 100% of the time. Now, that that's not to say that your 21-year-old will not overdo himself this weekend. So that's all oh, part of it. That's, exact, that's all part of it. That's, that's a part of the... the that that is a guarantee. Yeah, he, I know. He, yeah, you just... You, you paid for that guarantee. That, that might not be fun for you, Sasha, but it'll be fun for him. Right. Eventually. Maybe not the next day. Right. It'll be a fun eventually. story years down the road. Yeah. Sasha, I'll tell you what. Um, as if giving your son a, a, a 21st birthday trip to Las Vegas isn't the coolest, right. greatest trip you could give your 21-year-old son, do not uh, forget that there are now see this is well let me finish one thought before I bounce in another mm-hmm. don't forget there uh, of those um, traveling IV hydration uh, oh my god those uh, are no joke we yeah. had we had another friend yeah. that we met up uh, over the weekend uh, that came into town who, who had, had tried the IV he, he was did like, the IV and he's like he's like I completely agree with you I feel reborn like I feel better That's than I awesome. did when I landed in Vegas I feel better than That's that right awesome. now yeah so. but my, my follow up thought is the kid's 21 Fucker's gonna bounce back and go. I don't feel. Oh yeah, it'll be nothing. You know, nothing at all. It'll waste it on him. But Sasha, you may. If you're keeping up with your 21 year old son, don't forget the Ivy's. I have a feeling. (laughs) I have a feeling she's babysitting. She she's the cool mom, but she's gonna just be kind of hanging out. Yeah, right. Come on, let's move along. (laughs) I think we're done here. Next up is we got an email from Hugh Gracie. Hugh writes, "Hey, Mark, Karen, and Tony, long time no talk." Real quick, Nashville is getting a Nacho Daddy and I need y'all's go-to favorites when going there. I mean, I could, you know, I could back listen to all of your podcasts again, which I'm sure I'll do at some point, <laughs> but this will be quicker. Trying to set up a 15-year anniversary trip next year with a wife, which hopefully doesn't include explosive dysentery from food poisoning <laughs> like the past two trips. Oh, goodness gracious, See my man. previous emails years ago. Oof. 
Y'all keep being the best podcast out there for Vegas podcast. Hugh from Nashville. Thank you, Hugh. Hugh. That's so awesome that Nacho Daddy's moving outside of uh, Nevada. God, yeah, good for him. Man. Well, and it started in California. Yeah. And Tony Yeah, Shane. and I think there's one in Chicago, maybe. Really? Really? I don't think so. I don't know. Let's, uh, you know what? You know who will know? Mr. Google. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what'll be interesting is, so they, they have nachos here that I, I haven't had, but I know a lot of people have had and love them. It's like the Golden Knights. Yeah, yeah. Nachos, which is steak and elk. I don't know what else is on it, but that's a favorite for a lot of people. Your favorite is... The Nacho Average Cheeseburger. Right. Which is exactly what it sounds like. You know, it's it's ground beef and tomatoes and lettuce and cheese and... So good. You always get no onions. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I usually get the fajitas. Mm-hmm, just because mm-hmm. they I got good street tacos too, I know that because periodically I'll, I'll I'll grab some of that too. Do. Tony, what's your go-to there? So, so in fairness, I'm a breakfast only uh, mm. nacho daddy. Interesting. Eater. So, wait, have you ever been yep. there for dinner? Well, yeah, he went uh, at Vegas vacation. Oh, yes, true. I've I've been there twice. Uh, once with a Vegas vacation, and then once with my wife and, and her brother. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. I I, I would gladly go for for dinner. Um, but there are so many amazing places downtown that I want to eat at that I can't eat at for breakfast. Right. So follow me there if that makes sense. Some places, like for example, Whiskey Liquor Up, is not open for breakfast. Right. Ergo. I'm limited if I want to enjoy whiskey liquor up. That has to be one of my dinner options. So I don't want to use a dinner option for Nacho Daddy, oh. but I just love Nacho Daddy for breakfast. So that's that's where I choose to to get my, my fix. But I am on their website. I see that they've got four Vegas uh, locations, the Strip, Downtown, Summerlin, and Henderson. And they've got two, one in, wait for it, Duluth, Georgia. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even know there was a Duluth, Georgia. That's got to be a college town. Or it's somebody associated with Nacho Daddy as their hometown. Oh, of course. Yes, probably. And then there's one in Salt Lake City. Nice. So, so not in California. That's yeah. Interesting. No. That was a totally made up uh, piece of. <laughs> but no, I mean, I know that the reason, and, and it's part of their location, is Tony Shea brought them into town. With the whole Zappos headquarters being downtown, so oh, that's now I need to start researching that. <laughs> Why? Okay. Why? <laughs> well, what? But what's right. your what's your breakfast go to then? There. Oh, oh, um, oh, honestly, anything. I love their breakfast burrito. I love their breakfast enchiladas. Um, I'm a big fan of huevos uh, rancheros. I think is what they're called. Uh, <laughs> you you can't you just I have never eaten this, and I'm fanboy, so take. You know, take my advice uh, like a grain of salt. But I have not had a bad breakfast meal there ever. And frankly, Mark hangs out with me every time. I'll, he'll be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "On my way to Nacho Days. Like, See you there." Right. So, I, and I will um, say this: here's what's funny. Yeah, the locations uh, downtown is by far the best. Yeah, really? Yes, by far. Really? The best. Oh. We've eaten at the one on the Las Vegas Strip. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been good. You know, service is good. The one here in Summerlin sucks. It's hit or miss. I know. No, 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 no. Every time I've been there. Just miss. They, yes. it, it, they've messed something up, everything up. The one time. Oh, my God, Tony. The one time we ordered. Um, I ordered fajitas. Actually, steak fajitas. 
and it took about 10 or 15 minutes after we ordered that the, the server came back out and said, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of steak. What else would you like? And I'm like, what? and mind you, it was 6 o'clock on a Friday? So it wasn't, I mean, they're, they're going into the weekend, and they're out of steak. <laughs> and it took them 10 or 15 minutes to realize that they were out of steak to come back to tell me. Anyway, uh, but no, the That's one downtown good. is by far the best. I, I concur. I concur. I, I have um, I have eaten at the one on the strip one time uh, when the wife and I stayed there during the pandemic and worked from worked from our, our mm-hmm. hotel room. Uh, what was cool about it was, and I talked about it then, so I'll, I'll be very very brief. But what was cool about it was when we were taking our lunch hour, yep. Michigan time. Yep. It was nine o'clock and everything was just opening up, so we were able to hit all of the breakfast spots. And nobody was there, and we're already halfway through our, our work day. So, uh, no, that's that's cool. He's, he, buddy, you're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. So there you go. Those are those are the donations. All right, saddle in, kids. This one is a good one, uh, but it is a long one. So, and, and this is an edited one. I went yes. through and edited this, and I, I told our dear friend Avery that it was gonna happen. He gave me permission to, because I'm like, this is just, and it's it's still gonna be a lot. But it's entertaining. It is six six pages, single spaced. That's just how long we don't encourage this. It does help. He gives. I know. I know. Some of those spacing comes in In, to the rating. So so he. That's right. That's right. He, he's listening to comments that we said on, on, you know, listening to prior reviews where people gave ratings. And so some of the spacing is they give ratings for everything that they ate. Which that's right. So realistically, it, it should be somewhat brief. But here we go. Gather around, kitties, because we got an email from Avery. Avery writes, Hi, Karen, Mark and Tony. I just, I hate both of I these. I was uh, first. Right up, by the way. <laughs> this, this is bullshit. Excited for my wife and I to be back in Sin City, a.k.a. Las Vegas. That's Bay. B. I'm documenting this trip report as we go, so it will end up being fairly long. You have all the permissions to utterly savage it into a serviceable shape that doesn't ruin Karen's vocal cords. <laughs> I did the best I could. Day one. Italy? I har- hardly know a Lee. I like it. Okay. That's, that, did, that didn't get edited. Did, no. See, this is why I don't. This is why I don't read because, uh, unfortunately, I read ahead, so I know what he's going to say. Well, no, and I. So I, some of the jokes I, are when, falling. When you like read that. it, I, I kind of read. I hardly know Allie. Again, oh, Allie. Eat Allie. Allie. I, I hardly yeah. know Allie. I still would have edited that Jesus. if I was. Uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but you haven't met Avery, and that is totally. Yeah, that's Avery. Yeah. Okay. After our ass crack of dawn flight from Baltimore, we hopped in an Uber to Nomad at Park MGM. This was our first time staying anywhere in Vegas other than the Palazzo. First impressions? There's definitely an upscale, dark, chic vibe. We checked into the front desk and mentioned that I had received an offer online to sign up for an upgrade to a, a grande suite, but I never got the notice of whether or not the sign was accepted. The super charming guy at the front desk checked with his manager and got us the same upgraded price. And, because I'd never heard back from the up- upgrade system, they gave us a $50 food and beverage credit. Wow. Bonus! Wow, See? nice. And this was customer service before that. That is, yeah, right. that is amazing customer service. Mm-hmm. The room wasn't ready, so we headed to Italy to get my wife some coffee before she added me to the list of bodies buried in the Vegas desert. We also got breakfast sandwiches at one of the market stalls. 
I know you dig the ratings folks have been providing, so I'm going to give you mine and my lovely wife Liz's ratings as we go. Italy breakfast. B plus from Avery and a B from Liz. He didn't say what he was getting, but I'm, I'm so not unsatisfactory. Going into it. Like I want, I, I'm like, why? He'll he'll get into it later. Right, fair Just stop it. Well, he got a breakfast sandwich. Right. So he, he, the breakfast sandwiches would be plus. Isn't Italy down by um, Park MGM? Or yeah, it's the, or front, it's the front. Oh, that's that's yeah. where they're staying. They're staying at the Nomad Tower at Park MGM. What are we talking about Palazzo? That's where he stayed it's previously. The first time they've ever stayed anywhere oh, other than other than Palazzo. Other than Palazzo. Got it. Got Pay it. Attention, Tony. Right. I know. Sorry. See, you really do turn, tune out when I start reading these, don't you? You really <laughs> I do. do. I really do. <laughs> we proceeded to explore the rest of the resort. I have to say, coming from usually staying at the Venetian complex, to be able to get from one end of the resort to another in a ten-minute walk or less was practically shocking. Our room was ready around noon, and we headed up. My first impression held true was the vibe at this property on the Nomad floor is very socialite, sophisticated, dark tones, and chic music. And that vibe continues to the guest halls. The suite itself was very nice. We opted for the upgraded for the upgrade because my wife had to do some work on the trip on East Coast hours, so we needed a little bit of sound separation. The whole suite felt a little like a fancy Manhattan apartment. Manhattan? Manhattan. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, again, I didn't read through this, so I'm, before we're... How did you edit it if you didn't read through it? Okay, I edited it a couple weeks ago. Well, oh, fair two enough. weeks ago. Yeah. Didn't make it on last week, and I told Avery, I apologize, but we're just going with it. Um, oh, God damn it. Sorry, Twitter notification just popped up and covered up what I was supposed to read. <laughs> uh, the suite itself was quite nice. We opted for the upgrade, oh, said that. Yeah. <laughs> the giant soaking tub well, in the there you go. <laughs> the giant soaking tub in the bedroom was going to serve as a second home for me given the 106 degree forecast for the whole week. <laughs> After we got settled in, we headed out to make the Bellagio Crystals Aria loop. At Aria, we debated a while over where to grab lunch and ended up at the Proper Eats food hall. Jeez, oh, I'm stumbling. Proper Eats food hall. Say the words, Karen. We decided to try a bit of everything, so she got a pork belly bao from Laughing Buddha Ramen, a slice of pepperoni and fries from Pizza Zoki. Pizza Zoki. Sure. Pizza Zoki. Pizza Zoki, whatever. And chicken tenders from Soul Bird Korean Barbecue. The ratings from best to worst. Chicken tenders. Avery gave it an A. Liz gave it a B plus. Those things were absolutely massive and crunchy delicious. Tony, sounds like your wife has a new spot to go check out. Yay. <laughs> Come on, she's a chicken tender connoisseur. I, I, we're not making a special trip to fucking Aria. Okay, well, if, you're, if you ever get her to stay at Cosmo, it's a yeah, short little right, walk. Fair. Don't be at sea. Oh, see, now you make me mad because I thought you'd be all over that. Continuing, uh, the bow bun. Uh, Liz gave it an A minus. Avery says, not my thing, but she she said they were fantastic. Pepperoni pizza. A C-plus from Avery and a B-minus from Liz. Ooh. Surprisingly good, but there is so much better pizza in Vegas that I couldn't give this more than above average. Or more than average. Fries. D. From both. Limp, lukewarm, freezer bag fries. 
After that, we made our loop around Bellagio for selfies in the conservatory and gawking at overpriced fashion brands at Crystal's. <laughs> a bit of rest in the hotel, we made a jaunt across the street to Target for assorted hydration and caffeination supplies. <laughs> I like his writing. <laughs> then we headed to Italy for a quick dinner before crashing. We got two dishes from the fresh pasta place, a rigatoni cassia... I'm not going to say this right and someone's going to correct me. Casio e Pepe and a Tagatelli Bolognese. Aside from a bit of the weight, 25 minutes, and a somewhat light portion size on the Casio, it was a pretty good dinner. So you know the Casio de Pepe is the one that you liked at Sinatra. Oh, all right. See, why don't they just call it uh, fucking pepper? Because it, it's noodles. Italian and it's pasta and, and, and pepper. pepper. Right. That's I don't, like, I don't like it. That's how you should order. I want the pepper pasta. Right. <laughs> Make him just fucking figure out what you're talking about. I know, right. <laughs> uh, so the ratings. Casio <laughs> e Pepe. Liz gave a B. <laughs> Filling but needed more pepper. The Bolognese, B minus from Avery. It was good, but I have better many times in Vegas. So this is the bottom tier for that set. Wow. With that, we headed back to the room for soaking tub soaks with bath bombs and an early bedtime. <laughs> this is the first person I've known that's ever fully enjoyed the, the tub. Like no, this. no, no, no. Chris Moore does. Chris Moore does? Oh, he's a bath bomb guy all the time. He's really? Yes. He's, he's not as bad as the, um, oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck this up because I can't think of his name. The Kansas City Chiefs quarterback. He's in the commercial oh, for the All-State yeah. where he keeps dropping the bath bombs in the thing. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, need a, a little sip of the beverage. Moonshot.com is the place where you can get your favorite vintage Vegas shirts. Incredibly comfortable to wear, available in male and female cuts, multiple colors and sizes, reasonably priced, and cool as hell. Options include this week's featured property, the Dunes. When it opened in 1955, the Arabian Nights-themed resort became the 10th hotel casino on the Las Vegas Strip. For a marquee, they chose to use a 35-foot-tall fiberglass Sultan. Standing astride with hands on hips, the Sultan was installed on top of the main entrance just off of the Porkashore. A car headlight, cut to look like an oversized diamond, was placed in the Sultan's turban and would light up and sparkle at night. Designed by Kermit Hawkins, the man who would go on to design Vegas Vic and the Silver Slipper, was considered one of the great electrical displays of the time. You can get this and dozens of other vintage Vegas shirts starting at just $27. Use the promo code 360Vegas, no spaces, and save 15% off your order. Just go to moonshot.com, that's M00NSHOT.com, or just go to our blog, 360VegasPodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for moonshot.com. Jesus, you don't need to narrate your consumption of alcohol. No, but I need to know why there's a long pause. Because otherwise, you're going to be like, what the fuck is going on, Karen? Why aren't you talking? There's a lot of words here. Come on. I'm picking up my glass now and placing it to my lips. (laughs) Glug, glug, glug. Well, and I did it again just because you said so. Which means this could get a lot of fun by the end of this. Day two, everything old is new again. Our second day kicked off with my lovely wife logging into work and me lazing about until the rewards desk and the spa were open. I headed down to pick up a coupon from the My Vegas Slots app to get a discount in the spa time, also to redeem some free play. 
I played a little bit of slots and a little bit of video poker, but no windfall. I headed to the spa just as it opened to get my 100-minute massage. Wow, dude. The massage therapist, Indigo, was very friendly and did a Indigo, great job. Indigo, his name is Indigo? That's what it says. All right. I, I'm, I'm undecided whether I think that's a weird name or if it's a really cool name. I, I don't know. Sorry. It may I, not even be the person's real name. I really can't. <laughs> they use fake names at massage parlors. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my hair. How, how could that be? Oh, hold on. My hairstylist have sometimes had to switch names. So in most salons, you can only have one person by a name. So, like, let's say, for example, there's a Kim. That's such a ridiculous rule. If somebody else comes in and her name is Kim, she can't be known by Kim in the salon. She has to pick another name. So, yeah, it's it's uh, stupid. Uh, Indigo did a great job. I spent a little while afterwards taking advantage of the steam room and sauna. You know it's a good steam room when the steam, steam is so thick, there could be a half dozen people in there <laughs> and you think you're by yourself. Avery, I completely agree with you. I skip saunas, steam rooms all day long. Oh my god, I haven't been in one. So, what's the difference? A sauna is, is is a dry heat. A steam room is literally it's hot and it's just full of steam. So, Sounds as, like as somebody that well, no, so somebody that has sinus issues, uh, a sauna is painful. The steam room opens everything up uh, and and like rehydrates everything and just lets me breathe again. Huh. So give me a steam room over a sauna any day of the week. You got to try that IV therapy for you when your when your uh, allergies are really kicking up. But it's not. It, it's hard to explain. It's just every yeah. It's, we're not getting. That's a whole other tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Following my spa time, I headed back to grab lunch at the Crack Shack just beside Italy. I tried both the bone and chicken and their chicken nuggets, which are more like party-sized boneless wings. The nuggets were better, in my opinion, than the bone and chicken. But the highlights were probably the fries, which are hand-cut and sprinkled in spice and schmaltz. Hey, spice and schmaltz. Sounds like I'm talking about my wife and myself. (laughs) And I left that in there because I completely agree. (laughs) Oh, Tony, I can't wait for you to meet these two. They're, they're amazing. <laughs> Don't know. I'm gonna that. eye roll so hard I'll see the back of my brain. Oh no. No, no, no. He's 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 good. He's he's very good. Uh, don't know that I would necessarily go back, but it was a good it, but it was good to try a new place. The crack shack bone in chicken, he gave a C plus. The chicken nuggets, he gave a B plus, and the crack fries an A minus. I, I still have no desire to How go How do you di- differentiate between a B plus and an A minus? I don't know. I, I immediately got confused <laughs> by this rating. By, by, well, this entire rating system. When you start throwing minuses and pluses in there. Yeah. Oh, so now you're saying you just wanted to cut it down to A, B, C, D. Oh, I'm not yes. saying do F. anything. I, I just, I, I'm not, I, I, I too am getting wrapped up in, I wonder what makes it a plus. Why is it? Why is, why is it not just an A then? A B plus versus an A minus. Yeah, like reluctantly, it's, it's an A, but I'm reluctant to. to for All right, a. can I can I ask a random question? I don't know why this popped into my brain. I guess. Oh boy. But when, when you were in school, what was your failing grade? F. F. Okay. Somewhere I had a conversation with somebody that told me their failing grade was an E. And I'm like, uh, what? He's it's not nearly as intimidating. But, but as if an you F. think about it, it goes A, B, C, D, E. So that would make sense. Right. Yeah, but E's just not intimidating. 
I agree. You get an F, man. That's bad. Not, yeah. not only do you, I know, you have to skip a letter because you're you're doing right, so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. You did so poorly. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> not even an E. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, Avery continues. Played a bit more slots. Again, I'm still writing this, so clearly I didn't wait. Win a life changing sum, and grab my wife a slice from Italy. Try color. I know. I'm I'm gonna say this is tricolors pizza. I'm sure that's not how you say it. Uh, tricolor pizza that came out pretty quickly. Italy pizza C plus. Liz says it's not a pizza; it's a flatbread. <laughs> Which I appreciate that distinction because there's definitely a distinction. Took advantage of the soaking tub again. Basically, I'm going to spend most of this trip naked, it seems. And then we headed out for the evening. We took a walk through New York, New York, and on to Excalibur for the tram to Mandalay Bay for dinner at Retro by Voltaggio. Having heard Karen rave about it, we wanted to give it a try. The service from Orlando and his colleagues was fantastic. Great recommendations and prompt refills on water and cocktails. We went with the tasting menu and pretty much got to try everything on the menu we wanted. Our verdicts are below. Chicken pot pie, an A-minus from both. Pizza rolls, a B-plus from Avery and an A-minus from Liz. The Caprese salad got an A from Liz. The Caesar salad got a B-plus from Liz. You notice Avery did need a salad. <laughs> I'm actually kind of surprised he tried the pizza rolls. because of, of, So once we met them, Tony, we and the, he'll get into this more. He has a palate very similar to Mark's. So he's like a, well, he calls it white people food. So meat and potatoes is kind of all he does. The pizza rolls I would have thought was a little bit fancy for him, but I give him, I give him props for, give him a try. Uh, That's the, interesting. I would consider pizza rolls to be a part of that whole. I would uh, think so of, too, but it uh, usually. Basic palate. But, usually when you go out, they fancy them up. But somewhere. again, okay. So, so the whole thing about this retro restaurant, which apparently you won't remember because you were drinking on another show, so you forgot that I talked about my experience going there. Uh, is everything that the, the Voltaggio's brother, Voltaggio brothers I do was, at Retro? Mm-hmm. I wasn't a part of this podcast. You talked about it with uh, oh, Josh. Oh, you, you were bailing on us that time. All right. Yep. And you didn't yep. go back and listen to it, which means you're not going to pay attention. I did listen but to no, it. That's fine. how I knew. No, no, no. How else would I have known that you talked about it if I didn't listen to the damn podcast? Because you're like, I know I was not there for we that conversation. We have four pages to go. We have four <laughs> pages to go. Oh, no. This is going to be a two-hour podcast. <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, I'm sorry, folks. Well, well, I'm not going to apologize in advance because we didn't know it going into it. Uh, Mark's already getting irritated, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> but... No, what they do is they take a classic that you knew of and, and put a spin on it. And so Mark, again, he was looking at the menu and thought, okay, pizza rolls, I could do that. When I sent him a picture of the pizza rolls, he's like, there's no fucking way I would have I, I would have tried those. So There's been a few times in my life when as soon as it arrives, I don't need to even attempt to taste it. Like, no. Well, and I even I'm know when it comes it. out, I'm like, oh, he's not going to eat that. That's It might be delicious. He, he's not even going to try. Um, sorry, continuing. Uh, the Wagyu Beef Cheeks Pot Roast, they both gave it an A. Mm. The Voltaggios, which is their version of SpaghettiOs, got a B from both. Mm. The Key Lime Pie from Liz got an A. And the Creme Brulee Cheesecake got a B plus from Avery and a B from Liz, which I'm really surprised because that was my favorite See, dessert. I am intrigued as to what the fucking plus is now. Like, I hear the rating. <laughs> And I'm like, what? What? What and, was it? But what specifically is better? Why not an A minus? Right. Because if you're if you're getting that close to the B plus, just give them the fucking A minus. <laughs> <laughs> 
despite the high, high marks, I feel like I kind of, quote, got the restaurant in the first dinner. Mm. Similar to my thoughts on Omega Mart, I really enjoyed it, but I don't think I'd come back unless I was specifically bringing other th- others there to enjoy it as a larger group of people who hadn't been before. Mm. I agree with him on this. I loved it. I was glad I went. I, I, it's not on my list of restaurants to go back to, mm. which it makes me sad, but that's okay. With leftovers boxed and bagged, we headed towards the Luxor for another experience seemingly right out of the 90s, Carrot Top. The opening warm-up comedian was fine. His jokes were a little, woman, women, am I right? <laughs> but Carrot Top himself was fantastic. His style up front is very rapid fire for a, quote, prop comedian. I would actually say he does maybe 50% prop jokes, 30% visual gags with a projector screen and sound cues, and 20% normal stand-up. But he did have a lot of topical jokes in there, very small amount of political humor, and he hit both sides, which I appreciated. For the world-famous Vegas J-dubs, the, quote, audience fuckery factor, he does have a moment where he goes out in the crowd for a longer-than-necessary time to shake people's hands. Mm. If you're in the front two sections, you might get interaction, but past that, and you're fine. Overall, we definitely recommend seeing his show which is about to hit 10,000 performances in the next... This is a couple years. It ain't going to take that long. He's, like, super close. Yeah. A jaunt back to the hotel, one more bath for the night. See, I told you. And it was bedtime. He's referring to him being naked for a long part of this. Okay. Day three. 12 inches and tired feet. (laughs) (laughs) What do we have in storage for today? Well, now he's teasing it. That's why I want you to listen. We lounged around in the morning and ended up down at Primrose for lunch at 12.30. I wasn't expecting much other than a standard hotel brunch spot, but we were both pleasantly surprised. If there's one thing to know going into Primrose, it's that the portions are absolutely huge. We ordered two dishes and an appetizer, and any one of those three plates could have been a full meal to split between us. She got the ultimate grilled cheese and tomato bisque, which was a club-style double-decker sandwich and said it was really good. I ordered a breakfast plate, eggs, bacon, potatoes, and pancake, and I'll say the eggs were perfect. Scrambled, just a little runny. I'm sorry, Avery, you lost me on that one. I need dry scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a Midwestern thing, I don't know, but they got to be cooked. Any of that's runny. And the weird thing is, you give me like an egg over easy with a runny yolk, and I love it. Scrambled eggs runny? Absolutely not. But the highlight of the meal was the hand-battered chicken tenders and fries appetizer. Tony, now you have two spots. He's eaten so much fucking chicken this trip. (laughs) (laughs) He owned stock in Tyson. (laughs) But no, seriously, now you've got two spots to add to your your wife's, you know, she has to rate them. She's amazing at it. I'm I'm writing it down as, as we see. Yeah, no, you're not. This plate was packed with fries and good-sized tenders. The chicken tenders were really good, but those fries were arguably some of the best French fries I've ever had in my life. Mm. They were battered, seasoned style, so perfectly crunchy, great seasoning, absolutely delicious. I would order a a basket of those to go any day. Mm. Ratings. Grilled cheese and tomato, an A- from Liz. Special breakfast, an A from Avery. Chicken tenders and fries, an A plus from Avery and an A from Liz. Again, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> I need to understand the subtle intricacies of your plus and minus system. 
Well, and I mean, apparently Primrose, and we've eaten at Primrose. Their food is really good. Yeah. I I mean, I can't, I think it's kind of like this hidden gem. I don't think a lot of people know know about it, but it's really good. Uh, we dropped off the left leftovers in the room and then headed out to go towards Center Strip. We hot-footed it over to MGM Grand and made the Lord of the Rings length journey to get to the monorail, <laughs> which we then took down to Harrah's for more casino walking and exploring. There you go. We headed over to Venetian, and the second we entered the building, I had the, we made a mistake, feeling in my soul about Park MGM. We, have, we just have such a strong, we just have such strong, wonderful memories of Venetian Palazzo. We got married there. And it was like going home. Don't get me wrong, Park MGM Nomad is perfectly nice, but it just feels so small and empty in comparison. Ah, oh, well, lesson learned. Hey, Tony, didn't didn't someone else get married there? No. That's where we had our um. That's where we honeymooned. Mm. But no, we got married out at the Las Vegas Country Club. Okay, but yeah, but still, you stayed at the Venetian Palazzo. Yeah. When yeah. you got married. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was, listen, it's, it's, it was, it, and, and frankly, we went back and stayed last year when we came out to, uh, specifically for when, um, oh, jeez. Guy from Scotland. <laughs> Sorry. Magnus. Guy from Scotland. Thank you, Magnus. <laughs> Shit. This is what happens when I don't drink. Right. The hamster, the hamster is just, Swinging in a hammock in my head. I know. Right now. <laughs> He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, what's alcohol doing? What, I need, it's I his need time. fuel here. It's his time right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Magnus. <laughs> And it was a wonderful experience. I, I get where he's coming from. I get where he's coming from. It's um, I, I have to say that um, Park and, and Nomad have to be um, just just an extreme. Now, as he aptly points out, the one nice thing about it, which I was a very minor, and I do mean minor thing to grumble about, it is a hike to get from one side of Venetian to the other side yes, of Palazzo. Such a hike, and so in that regard, um, I can appreciate the how how quick it is to do the whole Nomad um, uh, uh, Park MGM. But yeah, I, I get where he's coming from. I, I respect for sure the, the I made a mistake feeling. But listen, Avery, I think it's uh, I think it's a good thing to experience and, and check places off. And frankly, good for you, buddy, because I cannot uh, scratch off either Park or Nomad. So you've gotten to a place that I've not yet had an opportunity to stay at. So I am. I am pro checking places off your list that you've never stayed. Great. We debated for a while what we would do for dinner, and I finally told my wife she needs to pick some, quote, not white people food, as that's just about all I eat and all we've had so far. I like her to eat adventurously when we can, and I'll stop and get a foot-long hot dog or something. She rolled her eyes despite knowing how much I love hot dogs, to which I replied, you know me, honey. I'll take 12 inches of a wiener anytime I can get it. Jesus Christ. We, <laughs> we ended up walking down the strip through a bunch of resorts to add to the list of everywhere we've been in Vegas and ended up in Paris when my wife decided she wanted Mon Amiga B for dinner. So much for not white people food. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I, and I love that he kept telling his wife, like, he knows he's a picky eater and in general, she'll go to, to eat with him. And he said, look... I'll go to a fancy place. She'll order whatever she wants. I'll get a cocktail and then I'll get a hot dog afterwards. Yeah. Which she's not comfortable with and I kind of understand that, but it's so sweet. I love these two. 
uh, we were able to walk in without reservations and sat out in the sunroom area. Great combination of view of the Bellagio, but with air conditioning. Our server, whose name escapes me, was really great, and we ended up getting the warmed baguette. Can't go wrong with French bread. And my wife got the chilled corn soup, which she said was good and different from the norm. For our entrees, I got the roast chicken, which was absolutely fantastic. The chicken... Hmm? More chicken, yeah. More chicken. Okay, he says white people food. He, he totally admits to that. The chicken jus was savory in a way that I haven't seen in similar sauces, and the potatoes were buttery mashed heaven. My wife got the salmon salad and said it was exactly what she wanted. I, I, I can't believe, and they're going to give a rating here, I hope they didn't pay for the warm baguette. Really warm bread. You're paying for that? <laughs> at Monomiga B. Now. Well, I know. Isn't everything a baguette at Monomiga B? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so the ratings. Uh, they both gave the worn baguette an A minus. The chilled corn soup got a B minus from Liz. The roast. She wished it would have been hot. <laughs> I, think, I think that's why she gave it a B minus. Agreed. She wanted the chilled corn soup hot. Yeah. <laughs> the roast chicken got an A from Avery. And the salmon salad got a B from Liz. So now, do you feel better that he gave the chicken an A and she gave the salad a B? Like, is that just more in y'all's comfort zone? It, it makes a definitive statement to me. Yes, I agree. I, I feel like you're hemming and hawing with a plus and a minus. Right. So Commit. Just, just own it. Commit. Just own your grade. Exactly. Pick the grade. <laughs> we continued our trek down the strip with a detour into the Miracle Mile, passing our fir- first set of hooker card distributors. My wife remarked that the snapping sound reminded her of a... Oh, shit. Deceit. When I was reading this, I actually texted Jerry and said, How do you say this? He sent me an auto- audio file back, which I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to remember. But that was like two weeks ago, and now I don't remember, and I'm going to fuck it up. I think it's pronounced Shankla. Sure, we'll go with that. Thank you, Tony. Shankla? Wait, can you type it into the translator and oh play it? Oh my god, just go. I, I, oh, it's a slip. First of all, it's Spanish for slipper. Well, yeah, it says the flip-flop your Mexican mom specs you with when you misbehave. <laughs> Chancla. 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 Yeah, Chancla. That's, okay. that's how uh, Google is, is pronouncing it in my headset here. Alright, so my, my again, my wife remarked the snapping sound reminded her of a chancla which is the flip-flop your Mexican mom smacks you with when you misbehave. And I said, what's Spanish for you disappoint me? Mm. My Fitbit totaled 18,000 steps by the time we got back to the park MGM and went upstairs to tear off our clothes. And by clothes, I mean shoes and socks. And dear God, Vegas is so much walking. (laughs) Day four, between a rock lobster and a hard place. Day four got off to a lazy start. Liz was working by the time I woke up, and I basically didn't get out of bed for an hour or two, save to go take my umpteenth back bath of the trip. <laughs> yep, still haven't put on clothes for this trip report. <laughs> I headed downstairs around 10.45 a.m. to, drumroll please, meet Mark and Karen. That's right, this trip report is also a reverse FHE. <laughs> I get to experience the people reading this trip report firsthand myself. That sounds vaguely sexual, but we're allo- we'll allow it. <laughs> we met up for video poker at the center bar at Park for some combo, quote, help Avery to know what the hell to play in video poker and, quote, transition the parasocial relationship to IRL time in real life time. 
After a good 45 minutes of video poker, we headed over to Aria as Mark and Karen had not yet tried the food hall. I wanted to treat them to lunch as an in-person experience, Karma Donation. Given the second half of our trip started with meeting them was better than the first, it still works. 100% of the time. We grabbed the bucket of tenders my wife and I had, as well as a basket of tots, some hummus, and a burger for me. Let's get the ratings out of the way. Lola's burger with bacon and egg got a B-plus from Avery. The chicken tenders and the hummus, we are supposed to insert our ratings here. I was unimpressed by the chicken tenders. I, I didn't. I didn't like their flavor. It, it reminded me of uh, of old fry oil. No, oh. no, no, no. I disagree with that completely. Mm. I, oh. I no. I I thought the tenders were good. They were they were obviously freshly breaded chicken. Like they weren't the frozen stuff that had you know just been tossed in. They did have and and Avery even said this. It had a uh, Korean spice mix, sort of dusted on it. That I don't think you were expecting, um, but the no, the breading was almost like a tempura. It was super, you know, thin. Um, I thought it was. I, I I thought the tenders were good. Again, I'm not a, a tender connoisseur. Uh, I did order a hummus plate because I I just wanted some something light, and it was delicious. That was probably the best thing though that I ate. So anyway. I wanted to get those out of the way because the real highlight of our nearly two-hour lunch was the wide-ranging conversation we had. There's a metaphor for building a friendship. When you meet a stranger, you only invite them into your foyer. When you start to become friends, you invite them into your living room. But when you really let them in and build a connection, you invite them into your kitchen, the heart of your home. I remarked to Mark and Karen that I felt like for three years, they've been inviting me into their kitchen, sharing their lives and their trials and tribulations with us. Our conversations went everywhere from how our respective marriage proposals went to our mutual struggles with dark times to how much our spouses are perfectly matched to us. It was like hanging out with a couple of old friends catching up on life. I I, I completely agree. I don't know at what point we we just clicked. And we've done we've done that with so many folks that we've met. It just it's awesome. Oh, I agree, Avery. We kept meet uh, we kept the meetup going by heading over to Caesars for more video poker and chatting. And my wife ended up joining us. Mark and Karen had the benefit of me basically having told them everything there was to know about her, <laughs> so they had a head start in making that second new friend. I'm pretty sure she walked up and she was like, what the fuck am I walking into? Just kind of her reaction to that. Suffice it to say, another hour in and Mark and I bonded over jackass former bosses and Karen gained an adventurous new eating buddy for our next trip back to Vegas. (laughs) Yes, I got another one. Now I have a food wife. There you go. Hey. In no time, we literally spend nearly six hours together and the missus and I had to get back to change for dinner. We said goodbye and made the hike back and tram to Nomad. We got changed and Ubered to Palazzo for dinner at Cut. My God, this was easily the best meal we've had so far and arguably top three for all the times we've been in Vegas. I would agree with that. It's, it's, wow. it's, Cut's really Have good. you never been there? Uh, I, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's just... He's just the, the gushing of it was just. Okay. Uh, I don't know if. Cut have, have at you, Venetian? Yeah. 
It's a Wolfgang Puck restaurant. Oh, that's good. That's, that's the good. first place uh-huh. I ever tried Wagyu. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's really good. Okay. So what? have you, have you eaten there? Yes or no? I don't know. I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking, like I'm, look, I'm going to the website to look at their pictures. Okay. Um, it does not look familiar to me. I'm going to say I, I have not. Okay. We ordered the bread course, yummy, and then got two American Wagyu filet mignons, cavatappi, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, and she got the Kung Pao cauliflower. The steaks were phenomenal. Amazing char, great seasoning, perfectly cooked. When my, when my wife put the first bit of steak in her mouth, she made a face I've only seen in non-public circumstances. <laughs> the sides were fantastic as well, and the service from Ryland and Chris was immaculate. If this didn't surpass Joe's as the best steak dinner we've had in Vegas, it damn near tied it. Mm. Really? Joe's? Okay. Ratings. Bread course got a B from Avery and a B plus from Liz. Both of them gave the a, the filet an A+. Plus. The mac and cheese got an A from both. The mashed potatoes got an A- minus from Avery and a B plus from Liz. <laughs> and the Kung Pao cauliflower got an A from Liz. Okay, I agree. These are all two plus or minuses. Come on. Now it's getting me too much. Unfortunately, we left no time for dessert before we had to book it across to the Venetian Theater to see the B-52s. This was the original catalyst for the trip. Tickets that I purchased in, like, November of last year. We had great seats in the balcony. I feel like this is one of those Vegas theaters where there really aren't bad seats. And we got there with only a couple of minutes to spare. The opening act was a guy named DJ Cumberbund, whose whole shtick was a mashup of old and new songs, like Amy Winehouse's Rehab mashed with Wake Me Up by Wham!, it was quite impressive, though I literally do not know why he needed to be on stage pretending to DJ anything. Let's be real. It was a highly entertaining 15-minute YouTube video. <laughs> I digress. It was then on to the main act. I'm going to preface my review by saying I've always had a fond affection for the B-52s ever since I was a kid, but I think sometimes the picture of the band with a legacy like theirs we have in our head is that picture from however many decades ago. In their case... In my mind's eye, I see them in 1989 in the Love Shack video. Well, it's 34 years later. These folks are in their 70s, and to be honest, it shows. The energy is 34 years later. The voices can't always hit the old high notes. The songs are fun, but they didn't really have the kick to them. Early on, the camera did a close-up of Fred Schneider, and I literally had the thought, come on, Grandpa's tired. Stop making his do his old tricks for money. <laughs> And I, I recognize that because that's how I felt the one time that we saw Ozzy in concert. Mm, yeah. Oh, I just felt so bad for the guy, so I get that. It didn't help that the Venetian Theater stage is large enough to host Broadway shows, and the staging for their concert was just a projection backup, a riser for the drums and keys, and otherwise a wide-open stage, mm. which made it feel empty and spread out in a weirdly underwhelming way. If the Venetian staff are listening, I put some set work in there, or I would put some set work in there and tighten up the space. Ultimately, I'm glad we went to see them, so I could only say I saw this iconic band before the retirement, and I did enjoy, himself, enjoy myself, but I won't lie and say it wasn't a bit of a letdown. Oh, well, that's the nature of Vegas. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you just have to enjoy being there either way. Mm. 
day five, going gaga. Our last first day, our last full day started with my wife at work and me taking a quick jaunt to Italy to get her snacks and breakfast for the day. After dropping those off, I headed to my first and only buffet of the trip at Bellagio. I had a mix of breakfast and lunch foods, but I'm going to be honest, y'all don't need me to break down every piece of food I got and none of it was particularly memorable. I'm going to say it was a fine rating, C+, but the win remains supreme for a brunch buffet. Okay, if it's a fine rating, why a C+, why not just a C? Yeah, exactly. Well, and the, but joking aside of, of the pluses and minus, that's interesting. I am just not a fan of the win buffet. I, I think it's good. I think it's fine. But for what you're going to pay at win, I would much rather spend that at either Wicked Spoon or um, Bacchanal, honestly. But to each their own, to each their own. I mean, I guess if, if he's going to win, that, uh, you know, leaves an open table for me at Bacchanal or... Uh, <laughs> Wicked Spoon. I say, never been to win. Can't say that. Never have to go back to Bacchanal. And Wicked Spoon is still my favorite, but don't need to go back there either. We don't eat enough for buffets. Whatever. After returning to the park, I plunked down at the center bar to put to use all the learnings from Mark on video poker. Really? None for me, Avery? Oh, not happy with you. Aside from the video poker gods deciding to edge me using a four out of five oh sorry aside from the video poker gods deciding to edge me using a four out of five card royal flush near miss it was basically just an hour or so of slow decline into your point game i then switched to a wizard of oz slot and finished up the rest of my gambling budget liz joined me to play a little bit of video blackjack and slots and then we headed back to the room one more bath of course and then we headed out for dinner at Din Tai Fung over at Aria. As most of my food preferences run beige, I actually ended up trying four out of the five dishes we ordered, and it was a very chicken-forward meal. <laughs> As Tony already surprise, called it. Surprise, surprise. Although I am surprised that he even went to Ding Tai Fung. I mean, this was a stretch for him. All right, so the ratings. Chicken noodle soup. Got a B- from Avery and a C-plus from Liz. Mm. Chicken fried rice. Got a B from Avery and an A minus from Liz. Chicken soup dumplings. A B minus from Avery and an A minus from Liz. Chicken steamed dumplings. A B minus from Avery and an A from Liz. And the chicken and mushroom bun, an A minus from Liz. I'm guessing there's mushrooms in it, and that's why you wouldn't eat it. Great flavors and textures. I'm amazed I had a full meal. We also ordered her an order of chocolate mochi dumplings for a to-go dessert, an A-plus from Liz, quote, warm but chewy but gooey, really good. We dropped off the leftovers, chilled for a minute, and headed down for our last entertainment destination of the trip, the opening night of Lady Gaga Jazz and Piano at Dolby Live. For anyone who might be thinking of catching a show here, this is one of those Vegas theaters like the Coliseum that doesn't really have a bad seat even in the nosebleeds. We were in the uppermost section and had a great view. The show itself was phenomenal. Lady Gaga performed about two hours of jazz standards and jazzy renditions of her own originals with a full jazz orchestra and half a dozen costume changes. I'd imagine tickets are sparse, but she's in town for a few more weeks, so I can highly recommend this. She dedicated the show to her friend and collaborator, Tony Bennett, who passed away just a few weeks ago. 
and it was particularly touching as his wife Susan was in the audience for opening night. Mm. Our last return to the room and our last night for this trip. As the end of the trip was uneventful, one more bath and I finally put my clothes on for the first time. <laughs> I'll bring this to a novel. I'll bring this novel to a close. Overall, we had an enjoyable time this trip with a handful of great meals, two out of three winning shows, and two new friends made. Our final verdict on Park Gym, MGM and Nomad was that it was nice, but it was ultimately, ultimately unimpressive. It was like being on a vacation from our usual vacation home. By the end, we just wanted to go back to our preferred getaway <laughs> up the strip. Lessons learned. Karen, if you made it this far without having to stop for throat surgery to repair your voice, congratulations. Hopefully, we'll see you both in January where I have a work conference bringing me back out. Avery and Liz. Thank you, Avery and Liz. Well, I, Avery I, I didn't have Liz. to stop for, like, vocal surgery, but cocktails, drinks, beverages, definitely. <laughs> that one was tough. He's he's such a good writer, and actually, uh, having met him, yeah, like, I'm hearing his voice. Right, I, and I don't, I don't know if we're, yeah, if it's, if I know, it's hitting it, the audience the same it, way. It might not be hitting everybody the same way it does when, but I, I feel like, actually, that's kind of like J-Dubs. Because I don't think that J-Dub's humor came across the first time, like, I read one of his reviews, right, which is kind right. of why then we started doing reviews with him, because it's just so good. But, yeah, yeah. Avery's the same way. He's, ugh. they were so much fun. I wish I had more time to spend with Liz, too, but I'm excited when they come back, because she and I are going to go eat together. Nice. Yeah. Two new friends. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for episode number 456, or now we're probably up to episode 492. (laughs) Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. Get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas, and get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap a logo on at zazzle.com slash 360vegas. If you'd like to send some feedback, you can do so at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can books find you? I am at 360 Vegas Tony. Karen. I'm at 360 Vegas Karen. We just told you where you can find me, so until next time. Yeah.